Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Barefoot Buttons. They're back and sponsoring us again, and we cannot thank them enough. Uh, they are now featuring laser etching on yeah. their buttons, so you can get your company's custom design put on them. Uh, and, I mean, they're just a great product that we both use, and we both really enjoy having on our boards. We sure do. Uh, we're getting a super secret special run of buttons made just for the inner circle. So if you've ever wanted to be in the inner circle, now's your time. If you want to get on the list to get one of these super secret inner circle buttons, uh, I'm sure we'll get some regular 60 cycle hum buttons made sometime in the future, but uh, we're going to give back to the people who give to us first. So how about that? How does that make you feel? All right. This episode is also brought to you by Spruce Effects. They sent us the Rainier Fuzz. I'm going to be doing a demo of it this coming week. So watch out for that on our YouTube channel. This thing is a just heavy monster fuzz. This thing sounds great. It's got uh, it's a gated fuzz, but you can turn the gate on and off. That's cool. And there's also a a cut switch that does some fun things. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the details to uh, to be explored in the demo. But I've been having a ton of fun with this thing. It looks great. Sounds great. Great big monster fuzz. How can you go wrong? Go check out Spruce Effects. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, mining, breaking, reviewing, playing, bogus! You've remembered it after all these Dude, years. Dude, that's all good. It's been a while. <laughs> Actually, Steve, it hasn't been that long. It's we been a while. Pretty, we did it pretty <laughs> not too long ago. Yeah, not too not too long ago, but we kind of took like almost a full year off from doing it. Yeah, but I mean, I think we did it like maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Hey, if you uh, we're hosting... Our listeners sending us uh, their own versions of the intro. So if you're hearing this and you want to hear someone else say the intro, it could be you. Record yourself reading our intro and send it to us, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com, and we will definitely put it at the yeah, beginning of the show. Yeah, and if you sent us one and we didn't use it right now, and we're we sorry, we used forgot. It yet, we probably lost it, so you should send it again. Or remind us of it, because we both apparently had a crazy week. Yeah, we, we did clear out the email inbox but sometimes things get lost because yeah anyway so what's sad is that we if it's lost it's lost in our minds it's because we read it and forgot to unread it um (laughs) (laughs) it's like when you you know how when you used to go to blockbuster and wanted you to be kind rewind is you know it's like when you go to the library you get a book and uh, remember to unread it before you return it. So the next person doesn't have to unread it when um, they check out that book. So the librarian doesn't have to spend all day unreading books. So what's sad about it is uh, <laughs> my uh, war- my uh, warranty repair request for Ultimate Years has been sitting in our inbox I know. since September. Are you ever going to follow up on that? Yeah. I just You are using I, in-ears at church now, Steve. I know. I'm using the ME6s, which also don't really seem to fit You're going to go to right. NAM and still not have Probably the in-ears not. that you got fitted for a year ago. Um, the problem is, is I started working on it and I know what I need to write for it but they need like this serial number. So, which means I have to do it at home because I'm not going to like, I, right. mean, I guess I could bring my earphones, earbuds, IEMs, whatever to work. But anyway. Well, I've just been loving my ultimate ears at church. They work out great for me. They fit perfect in my ear. I can hear everything. Great. Yeah. I found out that when I push, 
when I really, really force them in my ears, I get all of the bass that I was missing. Uh huh. The thing is, is that just is indicative of a bad seal. Yeah, so. it's a bad seal thing. I I realized that a while back. I had it. I had it sitting in my ear wrong, and it sounded just really bad and thin. Yeah. And then I reseated it. I reseated it in my ear, and instantly it was better. I was like, "This is what Steve has been experiencing." I think my ear was just like wet or something. And yeah. I so I. I mean, maybe I. I mean, I've had them like in and out, like probably a couple dozen times. So I they're feel just like a bad I've, fit. I've gone through every possible. You think your you think your ears grew? Maybe, probably just a bad fit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so what you got new? Oh man, uh, this past week, yeah, you know, it's no secret I do pedal demos attached to the show. Yeah. Uh, I'll get a pedal here and there, no big deal. This past week, I got. 15 de- I got 15 pedals sent to me from one company. No, from, from three two, from three, three companies. companies. I got the Riverside from Strymon, which is something I've been working on getting for a yeah. long time. Ever since they started teasing it, I started talking to them. Uh I got the Rainier Fuzz, which we already mentioned, uh which was uh a very a very nice surprise uh Leon from Pelican Noiseworks suggested. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, that he use our demo service. Uh, so that's awesome. Thanks, that's, it's always great when, uh, I, I, you know, it's, I think when a company agrees to do a paid demo th- through you, like that's a compliment. Oh, absolutely. When a company go, takes it a, a step further and says, I paid this guy for his services and I recommend that you also pay him. Yeah. Like that's a, an even bigger compliment because it's not just saying that you, he, they, you know, they're satisfied with the work, but that they've felt like they got really good results out of it. I think <laughs> Pelican Noiseworks got some really great traction off of our audience. Everybody loves a Pelotar. Yeah. That thing just sells, man. I Good for Leon. That's a, yeah. It's a great pedal. And I think uh, we have the right audience for it for sure. People just love that thing. But then also, these whole other 13 pedals, I've been working on this deal for a while. I got every single new pedal from TC Electronic, their $50 pedal line. Yeah. It It just all showed up the other day in a great big heavy box. It was kind of funny because um, they, you know, I kind of saw the email chain. Uh Uh-huh. And they're kind of like, well, which ones do you want? And you're just like, which ones do you want demos for? Yeah. I think initially I was like, well, here's like the four that I could really focus on and like do my thing with. But then I was like, you know, if you sent them all to me, I would do a demo for every single one. And they're like, send them all now, to are, you. Are you doing the standard demo format with like this, the captions and everything too? Yeah, I'm going to do captions too. So are you going to release these like w- once a week or you think you're going to bulk d- just dump well, them? Here's or? what I, here's what I did see. I didn't know I was going to do this today. Because uh, the box came in yesterday, and I played with around with them a little bit yesterday, and I did yeah. some live streaming with them. I woke up this morning, I was like, I can get the other work I need to do get done today in the afternoon. My kid's going to be at my parents' house mm-hmm. in the morning. I should try to squeeze out like three demos. Yeah. Like record them, and I can start working on these. I sat down at like 9 o'clock in the morning and started filming, and was just like, I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more. <laughs> I'll just do one more. I did. I should. I filmed all 13 pedals this morning. Oh, geez. I went through the whole thing. I didn't like four hours straight from nine to one o'clock. Right. I didn't. I had one pile to the right of me and I was (laughs) making a pile on the left of me as they were done. Oh my gosh. Like 
I filled up an entire SD card with, you know, demo footage. That's crazy. And then I stood up and I was just, cause I was sitting on the ground on my butt, like Indian style mm-hmm. and just playing guitar and like hunched over. And I just like every bone in my body cracked when I stood up. Right. Just like wrapped up like a crab on the ground. But, uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I think there's some real winners in that collection of pedals. Uh, I'm really looking forward to putting these demos out so you guys can uh, make your own decisions on them. I think the uh, the digital delay is a is a hoot. Oh, in a good way. <laughs> what? In a good way. It's crazy. Okay. So basically, like the first thing I do when I plug in a delay is like, oh, can I make spaceship sounds? Right. So I, I crank the repeats. I put the mix where I want it. And then I start playing with the time knob. Mm-hmm. I think beca- I think it's like a digital model. It's not, you know, like, obviously it's a digital delay, but I think there's, I don't know how to explain it. But basically it doesn't make spaceship sounds when you rack the time knob. What it does is it, like, fragments the, 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 uh, the sample that's in the delay. Interesting. And so it cuts the time of the sample... And you rack the delay, the time knob back and forth, and it gives you like this crazy digital noise. But here's the fun part. Because it's not making spaceship sounds, it all stays in the same key, your original key. So you can make this big wall of digital noise that's still in the same key that you're playing in. And I think it's just, I think someone's going to hear the demo and be like, yeah, that's like my closer for my band, and fifty bucks is worth it just to do that stupid thing. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? What it's called? Uh, well, we got the box over here. Should I grab it real quick? Yeah, maybe. I, I'm just trying to read more about it because I'm wondering. Oh, the profit. It's called the, the profit. profit. Okay. That's, it, that sounds really interesting. And then the uh, the analog delay is uh, your pretty standard analog delay. Uh, it does some fun things. It definitely does the spaceship noise things. That's really like my my passing grade for any delay pedal. Can I do crazy things with this time knob? Right. And I've you know I've been on a search in years past for very inexpensive delay pedals that'll give me that just because I need it for a stage gimmick for my band. Uh, so I'm excited that both of them passed that test. Uh, other things were really great. I thought the chorus and vibe pedal were really great. Uh, the flanger's fun. Um, the fuzz mm-hmm. was a surprising winner in my book. I think the fuzz is really great. It's basically a fuzz education in one box. You right. can get really like Velcro gated kind of sounds by diming the uh, the tone knob on it. And then you roll the tone knob back and you can get into like very classic like muffy territory. Um, I, it's obviously not a you know one-to-one clone of those sorts of sounds. It's not referencing any like certain pedal, I don't think, but right. you can definitely get in those territories. It gets real heavy. It cleans up real nice. There's fun stuff on every point of the gain knob. It's it's a winner. I'm stoked on it. Um, I think the case is great. It's a great big, oh yeah, great so big I, heavy so case. So I haven't really had a chance chance to mess with them because obviously you just got them. Yeah. Um, I should probably talk about the Riverside, but too. But that really stood out to me about the TC boxes is, like, those it's, are some serious beefy cases. Yeah. Like That's, like, last forever status. Yeah. They're really uh, look like they're built to last. They, they're surprisingly 
I don't know if they're heavy. Like Digitech stuff is is always those pedals always seem a little overweight. The, the case is the majority of the bulk of yeah. those pedals. They all kind of weigh the same because the case is is the weight. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel overweight. It no. just feels it just feels sturdy. Absolutely, it feels like you could stand on those things or like yeah. you could use them as a hammer. How's the so? How's the Riverside? I really like the Riverside. You know, uh, it's a it's a point of contention for a lot of people, especially like in the praise and worship crowd, where you expect people to usually love everything from Strymon. So there's this really interesting like social dichotomy that I've been kind of thinking about a lot, where on one side you've got the uh, the people who hate the Strymon fanboys. Right. We're like, oh, there's a drive by Strymon. I bet the Strymon fanboys are just going to buy this all day. They just probably just love it. And then those people hear it and they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's, got, it's kind of interesting. And then you've got the, the people who are the normal, like, Strymon fanboys. Yeah. Who are like, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't like it. Uh. And some of, them, some of them are like, oh, yeah, I think I'm interested. And some people are buying it. But there's just this really interesting, like, polar reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun playing with it. Uh, their their selling point on it is that there's every spot on the uh, on the drive knob is a sweet spot. Yeah, they've got like because it's DSP, they've kind of like built in. Yeah, um, and it definitely I guess centering parameters. So as you turn the drive knob, like so typically I guess like if you've got your mid at a certain point on a on a traditional like a say. Um, say like a tube screamer, right? Like you've got your tone at a certain point as you turn up the gain, uh, you have to adjust your tone. Otherwise, like you start to get like kind of a flubby low mid range. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, the way that at least the description reads is like the Riverside circuitry, like is going to automatically compensate for that. Well, the, the way that I read it and the way that I understand it, and I think that's, this partially true, but I'm sure there's a really complex amount of things going on in there. The way I understand it or read it is like, say you are running it like light gain, like real right. smooth, light gainy, like doing strummy stuff or just using it as like a sound better boost sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, then imagine you turn a light gain pedal up. That pedal that's ideal for light gain maybe doesn't sound great at higher gain settings. Somehow there is shifting from a really good light gain like uh, setup pedal to a pedal that sounds better in a mid-gain setting. And it's like, wow, everything in this mid-gain kind of range is kind of like a sweet spot and sounds really good and doesn't sound like it's really attached to the same side of the kind of pedal you would get that light gain from. And then into the heavy gain too, it's like on the heavy gain side, it's like I was playing like Van Halen stuff with it. I was doing like brown sound with it. I'm like, a pedal that makes that really good sounding light gain on the other side of this knob in no world turns around and makes this really good heavy gain sound too. So do you, does it seem like it's almost like shifting between voices as you turn up the gain? That's the only thing that makes sense in my head, but it's so like it's, you you can't, it all make, when you turn the knob, it just sounds like you're raising the gain Right. But then a normal pedal kind of has its thing that it does. Yeah. So it's like you don't detect like, oh, here's where it's changing to a different kind of gain structure. It blends really smooth. Interesting. I'll have uh, to check it out sometime. Yeah, you'll need to check it out. I mean, I 
OD pedals are so personal. They're such a personal yeah. thing. I'm going to try to demonstrate in the demo everything I can, the full range of it. I want people to, you know, I don't want to say, oh, this is the drive pedal everyone should go buy. Because that's, sure. that's the mentality that fuels the hatred from the anti-Strymon fanboy club. Yeah. And then I'd also don't want to say like, oh, this thing is garbage because that's like the other side of it. It's really like if you hear it doing the thing that you need or that you want or that you're even curious about, it might be a pedal for you. So do you think if it's not doing the things that you want, then why are you even thinking about it? So for you, does this pedal do things that you want? I'm really excited to use this in a church context right? because I vary my gain so much mm -hmm. in a church set. I'm going from light to mid to heavy gain like all the time. Uh, it's got the favorite switch so you can go back and forth really easy. Right. Uh, you can also use an expression pedal to rack a heel setting to a toe setting and make those settings whatever you want on the pedal. So I can literally, if all I wanted to do was adjust the mid frequency, I could just turn the mid knob all the way down on the heel and turn it all the way up on the toe and just rack the mid frequency. Or I could have, say, a light gain setting on the heel with a certain setup of mm -hmm. EQ and then rack it all the way up to a completely heavy gain setting with a completely different EQ, completely different volume setup on the toe. Right. And then everything in between. And like I, we were already talking about, this thing blends from gain stage to gain stage yeah. really seamlessly. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to mess around it in that way. Um, it does certain things really well. And it, I don't think it does like a heavy metal sound great. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to do like a punk sound really great. Uh, but I think your, your kind of classic warm light drives you're kind of like mid humped blues right you're kind of heavy rock like generic heavy rock kind of sounds i think it does really great um i think every pedal has its strong and weak points so but i think this the obvious strong points for most strymon pedals is their control set and sure you know all the tweakability that comes with it and just mm -hmm. really being able to get crazy with these things it's got a built-in noise gate which is crazy so that's awesome. It's got a built-in uh, 20 dB boost. Right. So it's got a lot of extra stuff you can do with it. Um, yeah. Looking forward to demoing it. Demo should be out this week. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Tell me about what we're drinking tonight. <laughs> we're drinking uh, we're drinking Alesmith. I went and picked up a Growler of Speedway Stout because at our friend's giving party, you left the Growler. I did. And you were like, hey, Ryan, uh, go fill this up for the next time we record. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, you, you picked up here. enough growlers that I, I definitely, uh, yeah, I'll take contribute. this. Home. I mean, I'll take this home with me tonight, but I, I figured, mean, you're, uh, you're always bringing the growlers. I'm always bringing the 30 pack of Coors. Yeah. So do, you have a, do you have a 30 pack of Coors right now? No, I think I've got like one Coors in the fridge. Oh, okay. We do need something watery to wash this down because yeah. this is thick stuff. Yeah. This is the, uh, Speedway Stout. Um, it's one of their, I think better known. Yeah. It's the one that wins all the awards. So, uh, if you have a chance to check it out and you are into thick coffee stouts. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. By all means. I say thick coffee stout. It's a, a technically it's a, like a Russian Imperial, Imperial coffee stout. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's really good. Do you um, want to do a little housekeeping and then we'll get into an ad? Uh, let's just hit this ad first and then All we'll right. do some housekeeping. This one was sent to us by Brad Moses via David Chote. Thanks, David, for sending us 
these screenshots. Uh, Brad originally posted this on the group. I'm glad you remembered all that. Yep. Uh, this is a, well, you put it all in the screenshot. Oh, so you read my screenshot. Yeah. This is a Tele six string project guitar. It's a hundred dollars. It's in Waxhaw, probably butcher Waxhaw, Washaw. I don't know. North Carolina. Uh, I can't not, wait to, there's to not really say this thing about this. It's not really a description here. It just says, see all the pictures. This one is unusual. Two Tele bodies have been spliced into one. Yeah, the, they have. All the electronics are tested and work fine on a loaded pit guard. So that's really all the information you need to know. So when you hear in your mind's eye, what do you think our, our listeners are, are imagining in their head when we say two Tele bodies spliced together? You think they're imagining like that that Velcroed acoustic guitar where it's made into a double neck? Well, that's kind of like what I what I mean. I saw the picture. Actually, I didn't really understand or maybe the pictures like, at first. Or maybe doing like some sort of thing where like it's a, a Telecaster where it's got two bottom horns. So it's like uh you know the there's a bottom horn on top and a bottom horn right. on the bottom. Right. Well, I mean certainly that's what you well that would be a normal thing, right? Right. Like a uh, half and half. Like no, this almost like a quarter sawn body, right? This is the double stuffed of Telecasters. That's a joke yeah. for Doug Cower. Oh my gosh. Fellow lover of Oreos. This is a double stuffed Telecaster. Uh, it's two Telecaster bodies sandwiched together in the thick way. Like this thing's got two output jacks right next to each other. Yeah. Because the bodies are stacked and then like they must be like bondoed and then refinished, right? It, well, what, so what cracks me up about it is that the, the um, electro socket um, cup is that what is that what the brand yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the the cup for the jack. People are gonna is, know what you're talking is about. It's on the bottom body. Yeah. Even though the top body is obviously like what you'd be smashing your stuff into. The other thing I don't I really don't understand about this, and some people speculated that maybe they're trying to make a semi-hollow out of it. Um, but why are there those three holes, man? Yeah, there's weird holes everywhere. Um it some people think they're trying to do like a, some kind of crazy F hole design. Oh, you know what? That that's no, that's exactly what it is. They were drilling it out and they were going to try to get in there with a saw because that's what those the there's the three big holes and two little holes in between. Right. They were going to try to cut out those the space between the two little holes. Oh, to do okay, an I see hole. it. I see it. Interesting. Okay, um, that makes sense. So that being said, now that that's established, I will say that this project isn't as crazy it's not insane as it seems and the only reason i say that is because well go ahead what are you gonna say their process is insane the concept i think is beautiful the concept is i mean the process is kind of nuts you get two bodies you you can actually see where the sandwich line is yeah uh, which is kind of amusing i mean it's clearly two things because of the position of the jack um but the reason I say that this isn't really like super crazy is because this is effectively what the um uh you can do it, Steve. I believe in you. Paul Reed Smith Hollow Body Two is oh yeah, like this is a very like Paul Reed Smith idea. This is what the guitar. <laughs> this is exactly the way Paul Reed Smith. This would is exactly do it the way too. Paul Reed Smith would do it. <laughs> um, this is the but like that's. Like that double, that like extra thickness on like a traditionally solid body design. That's the uh, Mike Inzinger, yeah, yeah, uh, electric guitar from the guy from Incubus when he was right. playing PRS. Like that was kind of the the vibe. What is he that playing now? Uh, he, last time I saw anything from them, he was playing a Fender 
uh, Jazz Master, I think. Some kind of fender offset. Okay. So, that I mean, makes sense. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, things that... So this is $100. I will say, okay, it comes with a neck. It comes with everything you need. The neck has a matching headstock. So I don't know if that's worth any more or less. I, obviously, like because of that, I don't know if it's just somebody painted the headstock. The worth is not in question here. This is a take my project over price. It, it very much is. But but what I'm saying is like he could sell the he could part out the neck. You could probably yeah. dump a hundred dollars on this and just sell it part by part because when it says that it comes with a load of pit guard, it really does. The pit guard it's coming with is from a uh, uh, Squire Telecaster Custom Two. Yeah, which is the dual P90. They're uh, Duncan Design P90s. They're not incredible they're not going to blow your socks off but they're passable i had uh -huh. one of these guitars um obviously what i needed to do with my life is to take <laughs> that guitar need... and sandwich another guitar onto yeah, it exactly uh yeah i really i really don't hate the concept at all i think it's really fun i'd love to see it done right uh i think this guy spent way too much time and energy doing this the wrong way when he could have probably easily commission someone to do this from the right way for the right. same amount of money that he spent doing it the wrong way. Um, but this is definitely one of those situations that I know very well where you get a crazy idea yeah, and you start a project yep. and the parts are just laying around for years as you slowly work on it. Like twice a year, you're like, you know what? I think I have time to work on my crazy project now. I'm going to go Wait, are we talking that. about my Ibanez Roadstar again? Or are we talking about... Either of my glitter guitars <laughs> or, you know, the various other guitars that I've had around the, the years that I've worked on. Oh, I think we're on. talking about my uh, ring mod. Yeah, your ring mod. <laughs> or my half-built tremolo pedal. <laughs> you know, the stuff that the, the part you leave the parts out on a table somewhere and your wife is just like, are you ever going to clean this up? And then one day, you're just like, I'm never going to finish this. Yeah. I'll just unload it on someone else. That's exactly what this is. I feel bad that this guy's given up on his dream because it's a beautiful dream to have a double stuffed Telecaster. <laughs> and I'm right now, I'm challenging Doug Cower to build a double stuffed Telecaster. To build a double stuffed. Oh my God. Double stuffed any kind of guitar. Okay. Here's what we got double thickness, semi hollow, white binding, on, white binding yeah. double bound with black in the center. No, white uh, is, is an Oreo. It's got oh, be sorry. Black, double bound, black. Yeah. With white in the center. Yeah. You're right. Double you're right. stuffed Oreo guitar, Doug. Make it happen. I'm not going to buy it. I don't have enough money. <laughs> Someone else will. He'll do it. He made a Simpsons guitar. That's true. He That's loves true. Oreos. He loves the Simpsons. You know, he's hearing this right now and he's already, he's already, on, he's he's already either cutting out a piece of wood or he's writing us going, I hate you. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> With a with a uh, Oreo logo pit guard. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know if you can get away with that one. Yeah, I don't know either. All right. Um. um do we want to uh, do the thing we're, just we were talking about? This. Let's do the thing we're talking about. Uh, I want to give a, a big thanks to um, Leon Wright, who is the uh, owner and proprietor, the owner and proprietor of Pelican Noise Works. Uh, Builders of the Pelotar. This is like the second time we've thanked him tonight. Um, and Scott Hamilton uh, for both pledging uh, support to us at the inner circle level. Yep. And also uh, to Ethan Barker, who uh, we will be doing an ad 
uh, from him a little later in the episode. He's actually been sending us a ton of ads. Um, we've been doing a lot of them, and uh, he's uh, supporting us at the best friends level. So these are all you know people who are are helping us. Uh, do the things that we do. They're helping pay for shirts that are going to be coming soon. They're helping us pay for all kinds of other merch. Yeah, they're helping us pay soon. for our, our condo at NAM. So we're going to yeah. have a lot of fun doing that. That's NAM the big covers. deal because it takes around $1,400 to make that happen. That's not the final cost. We get a deposit back, but we have to have that money. Yeah. It will like ready to spend it to make the condo happen. Yeah. Um, so that is great to have the funding for that. So basically, uh, inner circle level, you get to join our inner circle Facebook group where we make all the decisions about the show. Uh, you get all the merch when we make it. We just send it to you. Yep. And then you also get to be a moderator on the normal Facebook group when you've been inner circle for three months. Uh, best friends level, that's $5 a month. You get all the merch. And uh, that's the perk. Yep. Um, so thanks guys. If you want to know more, go to 60cyclehumcast.com yeah. and click on support the show. All right. Um, let's talk about this. Someone wants us to, wants to know about, um, always on pedals. Do you have any always on pedals? Uh, always on pedals. You know, I have pedals that are meant to be always on. I have pedals where in a set I'll use them always on and I'll just be like, huh, I use that pedal the whole time. Yeah. But I don't have any pedals where I know. F well, you know what? That's not true for dinosaur ghost. My uh, Nocturne Brain Fez isn't always on. Really? And the Topanga isn't always on for, for Dinosaur Ghost. Well, that makes sense. The reverb makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so those two pedals are always on pedals for me. In that band setting, uh, well, the context of this question was different. Well, the context of this, this was question about is amps. bigger. It, it was kind of like, why would you buy an always on pedal and a high-end amp? Right. The question was framed in the way like, why would you spend a ton of money on a really high-end amp and then also need an always-on pedal to sweeten it up? You know, isn't that... I, I was reading it as like, isn't that kind of counterintuitive? Shouldn't the amp be able to I, I, hold its own? I understand that sentiment. Um, I feel like I can dismantle this question a lot faster than we want to. Um, Do I it, man. Make it uh, lightning round, Steve. I, I will say that... Uh, I've got an always-on boost. Uh -huh. It's a Matthews Effects Aviator. Um, and you leave it on always. It's always on. I mean, Even right I, now. Yeah, no. It's like plugged in right now. But I mean, like when I, if, I, <laughs> if I'm playing guitar, it's on because it's kind of got a... Uh, I've, it's got a particular sort of uh, tone sculpting that... Sure. Because it's a... You know what? I'm not going to get into the tech of it too much because I'm going to say it wrong. But basically, the type of boost circuit that it is creates a... Um, a certain state that just kind of puts a little bit of a, for lack of a better word, like a little shimmer, mm, like a little, not, like a jangle, like a little jangle. Yeah, yeah, not a. I say shimmer, like everyone's gonna be like, what? It, it adds an an octave up. <laughs> it's a I, it's a reverb with an octave up. No, it, it's it just adds a little bit of this spark, like your presence control on like a Fender amp. It kind of like yeah. has that kind of a thing to it. Um, so I really like that. Um, but I definitely understand the sentiment of like, uh, obviously I, I run that into like the most expensive amp I own is, uh, the Gamatron, yeah. which is like a $700 amp. Uh, in the context of this question, it's more like, why would you buy, you know, like say a Zvex super hard on to run into like, um, a Jackson McFly or, you know, a Morgan or something like something where you're going to be spending like two, three, four thousand dollars on an amp. Well, like I think, why would you run a, a boost pedal into that? I think the false pretense of 
this concept is that the purpose of pedals is to fix the sound of your amp. Right. And that's not the truth of it. The purpose of pedals is to give you variety and to give you, uh, you know, options. It's not to fix the sound of your amp. If you are buying pedals to fix your amp, then you really just need to get a different amp. But the, but the, then if you're running it as always on, it's not like you're giving yourself an additional option because whatever that pedal does to your signal, it's but you're, always going to do you're, it. I, I guess I see the point because it's like, you're doing a thing to make that amp sound a certain way the entire time. Right. So why not just get an amp that already does that? Because amp makers aren't building, you know, like MOSFET and BiFET and JFET booths into the front of their end of their amp. They're doing all tube, you know, like. If right. So then why would you spend like $3,000 on an amp that doesn't sound good unless you put a $150 boost in front of it? Oh, I've had too much beer already for this, Steve. You haven't even finished I one know. glass. I know. I'm a lightweight these days. I don't eat very much. My metabolism's all screwed up. That's not true. I eat a lot. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a way to conceptualize my thinking on this. Like the 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 things you get from a pedal, no one's building it in, into an amp. Well, you know, Ibanez made an amp with That's a built-in true. tube That's screamer. True. Good point. Like that. You're you're the the concept here is, you know, it's it's a well-defined and well-established thing to stack certain kinds of pedals into certain kinds of amps to obtain a certain kind of effect. And it's really just not a big deal. <laughs> like, mo- you know, the, the false pretense here is that if you get an amp good enough, that you'll never need pedals. And I just don't... If you think if you're someone who used pedals, no matter what amp you're going to get, you're still going to use pedals. I think really, um, the the issue the issue really is more about it, and I think you're kind of getting to this. Maybe tell me what I'm trying to say. Steve. Uh, it's, it's it's about feature set, right? So obviously, like boosting your signal before it hits the preamp is completely different than just turning up your amp. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you've got a master volume amp, like boosting your signal before it hits the amp is different than turning up the gain knob because it's not like your gain circuit is necessarily the very first circuit on your amp. And even if it is, maybe the way your preamp gain circuit operates and whatever boost you're running into it or or uh-huh. always on drive or that's a clone or, or a clone clone, um, like it's going to interact differently. So it's all about interaction. No, I mean, I, I definitely can understand the idea from like a, if you've never really done it, uh, the idea of like, well, why would I buy like this pedal that's going to like add this distinct voice right, um, to an amp that also has a distinct voice? Assuming that like if you're bu- spending that much money on an amp, you're getting something that has like a distinct voice, even if that's like, you know, oh, I got this amp. It's basically a, a Vox style amp, only it's four thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. But it's a Vox voice. But you know, there's something about it that hopefully speaks to the buyer. In turn, like you know, it's all about additions and subtraction. So in the case of myself with the boost, uh, using the Matthews boost, like I'm getting a little bit of like that extra. Uh, 
high mids or whatever. I feel like uh huh. That's that's why I feel like I hear, but that doesn't mean that that is going to be the the sound of my amp. When I go from amp to amp, I pretty much always use that pedal. Yeah, but that's just part of it. I still have to go to the amp and like mix, change the EQ. Running running uh the PV your PV Classic Fifty when it was a house amp versus my custom or versus the Gamatron, like I have to set everything else in my chain differently, even though I have an always on pedal. Like I've got this always on boost that has a specific voice, but I still have to change everything else in my signal chain depending on what amp I'm running through. And even if I had a high end amp, I mean, maybe I could find something with the, the specific voice that I want, but maybe I can only get something that covers that, you know, 80% and the boost is the other 20% of, yeah. of my sound. Well, here, here's something I'm going to throw out there. Throw it. I've got a few things I'm going to throw out there. Ooh. Uh, first, see of all, first of all, boosts are kind of boring. Like they're not a sexy like effect. Like, Oh, fuzz. This thing's crazy. Here's a crazy fuzz. Sure. Like, there's no crazy boost. That's fair. You know, there's boosts that will Ish. boost to decibels that are stupid. But well, it depends on what all your boost does, because if all you're doing is boosting, then you've got like an right. AHX linear but, power booster. But dif- different pedals will col- different boost pedals will color your tone sure. in various ways and things like that. Uh, I think it's you know we already said you know boosting your signal in front of an amp is way different than anything a amp is going to do internally. Someone who's making a really high end, like really leaning on this is an all tube, all analog, all you know, like old school and I, you know, all the bells and whistles and like high end components sort of amp their target audience their target market doesn't want built in effects. They don't want a, you know, a pedal boost built into an amp. Right. And pedal builders and amp builders both know that people who buy pedals like to buy lots of pedals and they like to buy different pedals and they like to experiment and swap them in and out. So building a pedal into an amp is just a stupid idea because like people like to swap them out. Here's my other point. Uh, as a pedal demo guy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of pedals are used in a way where you like people like to crank them to push the amp. I almost never do that in demos sure. because the moment you start slamming an amp with a boosted signal, you're no longer demoing the pedal. You're demoing the amp because oh, you're, that's interesting. you're demoing the way that amp breaks up when you're slamming it with a hot signal. Right. And it stops sounding like the pedal and it just starts sounding like the amp. Um, I actually ran in that, ran into that with the, uh, the Matthews uh, uh, architect version two. Sure. The first version of the demo I did, I ran the amp too hot and I was slamming it with a lot of lows on there. Right. Uh, and it just it just sounded like the amp. It didn't sound like the pedal. So I ended up going back and reshooting the whole thing because I was like, this is not a pedal demo. This is an amp demo at this point. Mm-hmm. He's another guy that we're supposed to just still do sponsorships for. So we need to get him on the next one. Um, that's a great pedal, by the way. We need to talk about that. Either this episode or next episode. Um, we already did. We talked about it for two episodes in a row. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, um, what else was I going to get to? I don't remember, but you know, it's don't worry about it guys. I, I know that this, this topic is having to do with a certain pedal that came out from a certain company that's connected to an a company that also makes amps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which were, they're different because one is an amp company and the other one is i think uh right audio but company. they're they're connected by similar ownership by, by having the same first name yeah but similar owners right they're just different companies kind of under the same roof i think they're the same owner same owner different companies he, he split the brand to be two different companies yeah. which is just fine Here's what I'm going to say, uh, the controversy the controversy over this thing because it's like a $300 booster or whatever. 260. 260 my after tax, come on. <laughs> uh uh we need rich people to buy things in this country. <laughs> rich people, give us your money. If you can convince a rich person to give you their money after taxes for, is uh $280.80 for a thing that you made, God bless you. We need to take money out of rich people's bank accounts and put it into the pockets of people who are making stuff. And if you can't afford it because you're not that rich person, that's fine. Don't complain about it. No, if you There's can't so afford- much. I demoed. If you can't afford it because you're not a rich person, that's what credit cards are for. <laughs> I demoed this TC electronic $50 rush booster to, today, this morning. We were already talking yeah. about this. Got one knob. I completely blasted my amp with it into overdrive. There are so many boosts on the market that you can afford. This thing is $50. Like, don't stress it, guys. It's okay that a company is making an expensive boost that you can't afford. The market's either going to afford it or they're not. People are going to buy that thing. There's people who have the money and they want to spend it, and God bless them. Go spend spend all your money. That's how people like, like me and other people... Have make livings by rich people spending money. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know. Speaking of strange societal choices and getting angry about things or not getting angry about things, <laughs> um, somebody sent us this. Uh, it was sent by oh by Ethan Barker, who we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, this is an Ebola Stratocaster P90 with like, a humbucker. You mean like the 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 terrible and awful sickness that people yeah it was the catch it was the focus of the uh classic documentary outbreak in tropical regions and uh people are worried every time really is only in western africa i think anyway incredibly unique guitar looking feeling and sounding neck aftermarket large headstock maple neck with a gloss finish body formerly an sx vintage series body with twin humbuckers and a typical tobacco burst finish uh the body has been flame scorched to get the unusual color, color patterns the paint that remained after the light scorching was fine sanded, then clear coated with three light coats of gloss, wet sanded. The oh, that's why it looks so good. Yeah, it legitimately does look good. It looks yeah, I like it. Uh, the cavity was really like the, the cavity was painted completely with shielding paint. So P ninety in the bridge, humbucker at the neck. He doesn't say where the neck came from, does he? Um, well, if it was an SX, it might be. An, I think that everything on this is still GFS. Right, like, that's just my my. Take well, on SX it. isn't GFS. SX is oh SX is, is Rondo. Is Sorry. Rondo Music But the pickups I look like GFS. Yeah, those to look me. super GFS. Um, and the humbucker in the neck position actually looks like the fil- their retro tr- from the Retrotron series. Yeah, it looks really um, nice. That will not dis- that is a very unique combination that will not disappoint. Has a very unique tone, especially when blending the two. Very pleased. The electronics are full size Borns pots, uh, which I guess I don't know a lot about. Uh, Guitar electronics these yeah, days, either. but I guess Borns is like a really big name in that. It has 50s heavy gauge pushback cloth covered wi- wiring. I totally know what that means. Um, that's the like the Fender style cloth. Yeah, I have I have a couple rolls okay. of that. Oh really? Yeah, the cloth wiring. 
It's um, actually really convenient because you yeah. don't have to strip the wires. You just cut it and push it back. Yeah. Uh, Les Paul style switch, orange drop cap. So the guy spent a lot of time on the electronics. Tuners, new seal tuners. Don't know the brand, but they work. The guitar. So this is where things just go get weird for me. Um. Oh, the one thing I didn't notice until right now. The th- did you take take a look at the three way switch? No, I didn't. Let me. The three way switch up. is in the middle position. Of the uh, of the pit guard. What do you? Oh, yeah, it's where that first tone knob would be on a Strat. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so this guitar was named Ebola because it's the sickest looking guitar I've made oh yet. Oh my gosh! I've made a lot of custom guitars and I've been very successful at selling them on Craigslist and eBay. Some customers have bought more than one for me. A couple other custom builds I'm releasing with more miscellaneous stuff like amps and guitar parts. Take a look at them too. I can meet with a portable Yamaha amp or you can test them at home. So it's cool that he has a portable amp. I've I've thrown that actually thrown that out to some people before. So this this guy really polished a turd. Yeah. Like re- like legit. D- did he ever say where the neck came from? No, like I said I th- I th- Oh, now that I look at it, it's just like a generic it kind of looks like a squire neck. I don't know. There's something weird about it where I want to feel like it's all parts or something maybe it doesn't something have about the headstock it's like it doesn't have off. a truss ring it's got two um and it's got two string uh, trees. string trees those are both kind of squire hallmarks but maybe it isn't and it could be it could be a lot of different things it's got a biohazard signal but that symbol. is the thing that i hate the most of it the biohazard symbol the biohazard yeah symbol it seems a little on the nose yeah i like the color of the pit guard, actually. Yeah, the orange works really well with kind of the burnt, the, f- the finish burnt thing. I get the Ebola thing. It looks like there's like a disease thing happening. It's like you know this whole combination of like blood spatter, rusted metal. I I like, like tarnished. Yeah. Um. You know, hospital floors. <laughs> it. I honestly, I would have gone without the biohazard sy- symbol, just and I would have like. I wouldn't have gone so on the nose with Ebola. I would have called it like the contagion or something like that. Right. I like um, to imagine that um, that this guy had a guitar built before this uh, that he had originally called Ebola. Okay. Um, but when uh, when he made this guitar, he realized it was the sickest guitar he had made yet. Because the previous one just wasn't and, sick enough, and it was sicker than the other one, so he had to rename this one Ebola, and and then or he named this one Ebola, and he had to rename the other one. So he <laughs> sells this one. He builds another guitar that is by far the sickest guitar he's ever played. So he calls up the person he sold this one to, and like, sorry, that guitar is not Ebola anymore. Yeah, <laughs> my my new guitar that is the sickest guitar I've ever played. That's, That's the Ebola. Ebola. Yours is now uh, it's downgraded. It, yours is now Zika. <laughs> Uh, yours, 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 yours is, is bird now flu avian now. bird flu. <laughs> avian bird flu. That's like bird bird flu. Yeah. Um, avian pig flu. You mean? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's just so many awful ways we could take this. I, I just don't want to start naming off like terrible things that happen to people. So this guy claims he's selling guitars that he's like tweaking and doing themes on. Two seventy five isn't a terrible price. This guy's not fleecing people, he's, and he's he's. But at the same time, he it's like he's putting a lot of work to the yeah. This. But he did start with a guitar that was probably 
he bought it for 125 like a, yeah exactly um i like to imagine somewhere that there's a guitar where he's like yeah, it's not really like it's a pretty run of the mill road, but there's a couple annoying features of it, and it's called the herpes. <laughs> yeah, once or twice a month, you just really don't want to deal with it, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> most of the time it's good, but sometimes you're like, man, I need to do something different. It's got this like this weird spotted finish to it. <laughs> it's got no, it's otherwise perfect, but it's just got like one blemish, like on the edge of it, and it just like. Like it's just kind of off-putting, and people see it and they're like, "Oh, I maybe, don't know. uh, maybe he's got a guitar that just puts out those sweet, sweet tones." It's called the diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> this is so sweet. Sweet tones, guys. <laughs> um, why is there not a uh, pedal called diabetes? Why do that's, you want there to be? A that's pedal? Like just such a no-brainer because you get those sweet tones from it. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's a no-brainer. All right, we gotta pitch that. Who's who's the right company to pitch that to? The diabetes pedal. Who's that one that made that terrible bikini girl one with the heads cut off the ladies? Oh, they nah, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about. They that. would be a good one. They uh, do. They do the themed pedals that are sometimes humorous. Um. Oh, Steve is getting up and leaving the room. He's stretching. He's come back. <laughs> Uh, do we want to wrap this up and move on to other stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think we got better things. Maybe not better things, but at least different things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing a different format tonight where we're mixing little topics in between ads. So Nick Hamilton asked in our inner circle group, uh, so I might have missed it somewhere, but did Ryan and Steve ever cover how they met? Uh, so do we want to chat about that for a little bit? Guess. I guess it's a real short story. Like there's not a lot. Yeah. Um, so actually the first time we met, I don't think I like, it wasn't really registered because it was like, it was kind of like, uh, it was like a hand. It was like a failed handoff. Oh, you're going to talk about that. It's like an incomplete pass. Yeah. Yeah. Using some sports metaphors. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I used to go to, uh, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Like a college age, Church service. It was we a, all kind of used it to was it a, a church that Playboy magazine wrote an article about. Seriously, saying that they were that the church was like the number two spot to meet single what? singles in San Diego. I never met any singles. Like there. the other one was was p- like just go to p- like PB Beach, like Pacific Beach. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So anyway, um, that's ba- where we were hanging out. Basically, um, friend of the show, Adam and I, Adam Powell, who met myself, who met his wife there, uh, who met, who did meet his wife there. That's yeah, true. So Playboy was right. Uh, uh, we were going there and I, I I had actually known Ryan's sister for at the time for probably uh, four or five years via like Awana via or something. Awana, yeah. Um, and which, which is, is like, like a, a Christian Boy Scouts, yeah, basically that girls can sure. join. Uh, Suck on that Boy Scouts. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we get there, and and she also knew uh, Adam from like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we get there, and we well, just, she knew Adam because he she knew she was friends with his girlfriend at the time yeah well that too um so uh so we're all just we were there and we see your sister and she's like oh hey guys uh this is my brother ryan he plays music too yeah we're like so okay (laughs) and you were kind of like okay and this was when you had like the butt like uh you always talk about you always talk about how i looked 
at the time. Like it was. It really stands out. Like this was. I don't remember how you looked at the time. Sorry. But you really, you really laid in and judged me on my looks. I remember, like there was just something about it where I was. You looked at me like the world. That's a that's a dumb person. I don't want to talk to that person. Maybe. I don't know. It's not like it's not like Adam talked to the either. <laughs> no, but I'm saying both of you guys are always like, uh, the way you looked, I didn't want to talk to you. There's something about it. I don't know what it was. I mean, maybe you were like really worn out or something, but there's something about it that was like, this guy's like this guy's being forced by his sister to meet new people. Like it kinda like ha- it kinda <laughs> that like is had a that weird thing, thing huh? Like it wasn't like this organic, like, hey, Oh, hey, guys, I'm here with my brother. We should go get some burritos afterwards and, like, catch up. It was like, hey. Be friends with my bro. This is my brother. He plays guitar. You guys play he music, really needs, too. He really needs some so friends right maybe now. maybe you guys can hang out sometime. <laughs> We're like, okay. So that's not uh, even what I was going to talk I about. I know, I know. The, the time when I think of when you and I actually really right. met was, you know, Adam and I had met after that first interaction. Yeah. And had started getting together and were like playing music. Like he was playing drums and I was playing guitar and like we were like experimenting with like different kinds of music and stuff and yeah. re- recording silly little songs. And then uh, I, we should, I, we should be doing one of those, but we're not. I just really wanted to have a band at this point in my life. And honestly, every point in my life, uh, for like the last couple of decades, I've just wanted to have a band. And so I was like, Hey, Adam, do you know anyone who can play bass since you play drums and I play guitar? It's like, well, yeah, I guess Steve could play bass, but I, you know, I don't really want to have a band like that. I was like, no, get Steve to come play bass. The, the thing is, is that at the time, I'm not even sure if I was really like, I think I'd only really started playing bass because the first time we hung out, I showed up with a guitar. Right. Like the very first, because you guys were recording. I like, basically didn't want friends. I wanted a band. Right. You guys were recording like every time you got together because you just like, oh, hey, uh, let's do this thing. It's going to be like this fast. Okay, record. And then you just like... Make- and we would we would have microphones running into a VCR. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and treat a VCR like a tape deck. So the first, the first time I was there, like I was playing guitar. And then uh, it wasn't until the when I came back later. Well, I think actually I remember having... I vaguely remember having this conversation with Adam where he was like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like throwing off the whole vibe having like two guitars and drums. But like... I don't know. Maybe it could work if like you played bass or something. I mean, I don't know. We're kind of like a duo and I think it should just like, he was really like pushing for like this yeah. whole, like white stripes. Like, well, I think he wanted, it was kind of like white stripes meets tenacious D. Right. Like, we were doing this weird, like comedy garage rock. Right. Thing. It was really just like, Oh, if we bring in a third person, it's just, it's going to kill our vibe. <laughs> Yeah, because our vibe was so good. <laughs> no, I wanted I wanted to have like a tight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I remember, oh I remember gosh. one of the songs. I actually got like a bunch of them at home. I bet you do. Uh, and one of them was a uh, something about leg strapping. Oh, I don't. I don't even know what that was about. Strapping. We had a song about whales flying to Arizona. That was a, actually a really cool song. We I still a, think that's a cool song. We had a song. Uh, we, was that we did a okay. Was that a was that an early YFP song? Yeah, yeah. So ba- so basically, Steve started showing up to these stupid little practices we were having, and and they kind of went from being like these semi ad libbed ideas to actually being concrete. Yeah, we have the like one that I songs. the one that I was actually thinking of is you wrote a flock study song. Oh yeah, for our Bible study. Yeah, uh, I'm, it's all coming back to me now. I'm yeah, it's unfortunate. It's terrible. It? Like 
garbage punk rock songs we wrote. But yeah, I just wanted to have like this tight three piece band and do like a legit thing. Right. And Adam was more in the mindset of like, oh, I want to do like this experimental weird thing and just do like one off recordings and yeah, you know, we did them. We did do like a pretty semi sort of local legit three piece thing for like five years. Yeah, it was went on too long. <laughs> Uh, so that's basically the story. Uh, if we're going to stay in, the, in our normal time, we should move on to the next ad. Yeah, uh, this was sent by uh, to us by Ryan from Frozrocious Pedals. Yep. Uh, this is uh, just as acoustic couch. It's always fun when, when people who are builders send us ads. Because I, I know a lot of builders listen to the show, and I know that they, they, they love the show, and they love kind of the culture of our audience. Uh, it's just fun when they... When it's like, oh, they're, you know, they're builders, and builders are like kind of the celebrity of like right. our scene. It's like, oh, yeah, they're just like us. They're looking at ads all week and like figuring out if they can score good deals. And yeah, Craigslist, you um, know? this one is a one of a kind custom made guitar chair. They're asking twenty nine ninety five. As in $2,995. Oh, my God. The chair and the pictures are prototype. If you would like to pick out a fabric that goes with your decor, please let me know. Uh, four to six weeks to complete. Luxurious, comfortable, and solid. Individually hand-built for music lovers who desire something really different to relax in. So a point that Ryan made in the email is like, uh, no sound hole on these for your farts to come out. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> the sound hole, like if he put it in, would be like right by the crack in between the cushions where your butt it would, would sit. It yeah, would. That's true. Uh, the thing that I don't really get is like, I mean, it's three thousand. It's it's like leather, I guess. It actually looks kind of ergonomic. Like it looks like your arms would fit in that curve. It's just so dumb. Like I I think I've said before. I've made the joke about different like guitar themed pieces of furniture. Like the really obvious like guitar furniture is going in the budget rooms at the Hard Rock Hotel. I, I hate to. Like I mean. So to start off, I just don't know anything about furniture building. Um, I assume it's like anything else that's manufactured where if you do a one-off, it's really expensive. Anything that's like a model where they just can crank it out all day long, then it's cheaper. Even if you were hand building this, I feel like if you knew what you were doing 3000, because it's not like it's a recliner. It's not like, really yeah, it's just a chair. It's just a couch. It's not a couch. It's a chair. It's like, it's just a single padded chair. It doesn't even, it doesn't even look that nice. Um, it looks kind of shady. I I do think the, <laughs> the hard rock observation is kind of cool because it is, it kind of has one of those things where it, it's, it it's subtle. It I, is. It is kind of, if I walked into like a hotel lobby, like this would be in the lobby of the, of the hard, oh, the hard rock. rock and you if you I might... walked in and it wasn't like really paying attention I would never notice oh that's a guitar chair because it is kind of subtle. right and as soon as you notice it you're like oh I feel like like if as soon as you notice it you're kind of like oh that's a nice touch when you once you see it you can't unsee it sort of thing yeah I don't think it's a nice touch I think it's stupid well I've, I well I think the price makes it stupid if this was if this was mass for, uh, mass produced for three hundred dollars I was thinking mass produced for eight hundred dollars. Even that would make more sense, but I still think, like, if like this is in like the waiting room of you know the the blues lawyer's office, right? It doesn't make any sense. I just I, I think in Hard Rock, I think in the case of like a Hard Rock hotel sort of a situation, that makes sense. It's like chintzy in a in a good way. Yeah, kitschy. 
kitschy. That's yeah. a, that's chancy good... means like cheap and not good. Oh, you're right, you're right. Kitschy, kitschy means yeah. like gimmicky. Man, you're killing me on uh, this. Uh, I said a smart thing, and I know Steve said the wrong thing. Steve, am I you today? No, I feel like you. Is this how you feel? It is. It is. Wow. So, do you feel superior? I do. Do you feel bit. like you uh, you might have to use smaller words so the person you're talking to? Here's will what understand? I want to do. I want you to caption a video. I'll show you how to do it. It's not hard. And then I'll go in and I'll correct the grammar and spelling. <laughs> if I make errors on purpose, are you actually going to catch up? There's no way I'm going to catch any of your errors. <laughs> Whenever we do those, I'm a lot. A lot of times, I go through, and there are certain things where I'm like. I would never write this sentence, but I guess technically it's sort of correct. So I'm just going to leave it. Like, yeah. Like no, that's, you that's do... always the thing. Everything we write and, and like, uh, you know, we after our last episode, you wrote pretty much like 95% of the guitar gift guide. Yeah, uh, that's true. The Christmas, Christmas gift guide. You guys should go check that out on 60 Cycle. And uh, I went through it. I wrote the, the pedal board section. And I, I made a lot of corrections. And one thing I, I honestly, like I do strive to do is, is, um, try to avoid stylistic corrections because there are definitely things that you write where I'm like, ah, that's not how you would I say don't it. think I would. Well, you, you actually use a, you, you write in a passive voice a lot. Hmm. So some things I actually, and I do this in the videos a lot. I, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Passive voice, um, where it's just kind of like. I don't, I don't know if I'm actually using it correctly, but it's like where you're, instead of like making a statement, you're kind of like going roundabout. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, it's just something that like for certain things, isn't the best, sure. I guess. Um, so I, I'll, a lot of times in the video, I'll try to make stronger, uh, statements. Um, that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Okay. A, a lot of times in those edits. But when in the articles, I kind of go back and forth because I, I do want to, I want it to be like written in a way that people aren't like trying to like decipher in their brain what's going on. Yeah. No, you definitely go through and make my insane ramblings make sense. But I also, <laughs> but I also want to keep enough insanity in there where people go like, this is really written by a guy. It's not written by like, right. By a like, machine. this is written by people like it's I, I want it to stay distinctive. Yeah. I want something where like I like I want it to be honestly, I want it to be where if somebody read through and didn't know that like you wrote ninety five percent of it and I wrote like just the one section, that if if it was someone who was like a linguist or someone who like really like had a good grasp on writing. You want to confuse detectives. No, no, no. I'm saying if so if someone <laughs> who like really understood writing could go through and be like like 90% of this was written by one person and oh, okay. then this other section was written by someone else. Like there are distinctive qualities that are different. Gotcha. And maybe that disrupts the flow of the article in, in the <sighs> case of like the gift guide. Um, but I, I personally, I think that's important to when you write something that I don't rewrite it in my own voice that I just make the corrections to make it like coherent, You're thinking- but, it, but it still retains like a, a specific thing about the way that you write. You're thinking about this way harder than I am, man. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Which is why I need people to correct my yeah. spelling and grammar because I don't think about it at all. All right, let's let's go into the next ad. Oh, oh that was the last. That's ad. it. Um, so we got a couple things here. Uh, first, uh, let's thank uh, Barefoot Buttons for. Oh, I mean, absolutely. they've been supporting us for a long time. 
you know, they're um, per, they're like a perfect. Well, I was talking to uh, to the the people the over there. Brett. I was talking or, to Brett, and uh, I don't know other contacts you, you talk to them not me. i know but they're none of it's on, 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 on very Facebook, very little of it's on email on so. facebook they're just barefoot buttons I don't oh okay know. sorry i don't know both your names uh but i've been talking to him i've just been like you guys are like the perfect sponsorship matchup for us because your product is affordable it's useful it's like a legit product yeah and it looks cool, and it's like everyone who listens to our podcast has products that they can use it with. Like it's just a perfect, perfect pairing. You know, it doesn't get better than that. So go check out Barefoot Buttons. We're big fans. Uh, we're gonna get a custom run of sixty cycle hum buttons made soon. Mm-hmm. The inner circle can expect their super secret, very cryptic, uh, limited run exclusive barefoot you finish the sentence very soon <laughs> we're also gonna get t-shirts made soon yeah yeah um also thanks to uh spruce effects they make the rainier fuzz they make a bunch of stuff yeah um but the rainier fuzz is you know, what, I think what we have from them right now they specialize in fuzz i think fuzzes is all they do so far um i but thought they had something else there's their saltwater fuzz a lot of people love that i've seen that on a lot of boards a lot of people really uh praising that one and my experience with the oh, rain- it is all fuzz. It's uh, the yeah. saltwater fuzz, the rainier fuzz, the old growth fuzz, and the lichen fuzz. And I really like that they st- like with those four. It's a vi- it's a very Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it is. It's, that's really cool. It is. I I love the theme. I love the artwork. Um, and this thing just sounds like a beast. Like if their other pedals sound as good as this this one, they're fuzz masters because this is like this is a legit fuzz. For sure. I can't wait to do the demo on this thing. Yeah. Um, just get huge and heavy, but also you can get gated and spitty with it. Us, uh, great. This is the kind of fuzz that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep around forever. <laughs> For sure. Uh and it's also got uh you know, it's got it doesn't it's got kind of cryptic labeling on it. Like the volume knob is the ring knob and the bark knob is the uh is the drive knob. And then there's a girth and peak knob, which I don't even really know how to explain them, but they do uh, they do fun stuff to your circuit, for sure. I think girth is kind of like, you know, I'm not even girth is kind of like a tone knob, I think, or a tone or like a some kind of presence. Oh and my then, gosh! The peak like controls the gate, I think, and it's got the gate and cut switch. It's just a this is a really fun fuzz pedal. Uh, the other thing I will throw out. Throw it out there, Steve. This isn't a sponsorship thing. This is just latest, late on us, man. Just a thing. Uh, GearTube, who we've worked with before. Oh yeah, GearTube. Uh, they are having a both a pedal of the year and a um, demo of the year contest. And we are uh, we have a slot on the yeah. demo of the year. So I'll say just to round it out, their pedal of the year 2016 uh, rundown is the Empress FX Reverb Chase Bliss uh, Tonal Recall. Swindler, Red Mountain Tremolo, Earthquaker Avalanche Run, Keeley Mod Workstation, TC Subbing Up, New Neighbor Immerse, Wampler Mini Ego, Compressor, Mad Professor Sweet Honey Deluxe, and the Walrus Audio Julia. Uh, but what we are more interested in, uh, not to be completely selfish, we but want to a little bit, win that sweet, sweet award, um, is the 2016 Demo of the Year. So your choices are. Philip McKnight's What Brand of Strings Break the Easiest, the Tone King Summer Nam 2016 coverage, 
Jay Leonard Jay's uh, 1953 Gibson Les Paul, which is probably a better video than ours. <laughs> the Knobs Earthquaker Avalanche Run, which is probably also a better video than ours. Come on, Steve. The iChPy 42 ZVEX Candela Vibraphase, which I actually watched. Um, the Nathan Schaefer Red Mountain Tremolo. That pedal shows stereo versus wet dry. There's a lot of videos in here. You know what? Those uh, other videos that you've listed don't have. They don't have 15 fuzzes all in one demo. Hold on. The Robin Lee Kemper versus Tube Amp, which there's also a second version of this. The super happy, fun, awesome, happy time, awesome, great pedal show, tonal recall, and the 60 cycle hum, all my fuzz. So obviously uh, we're talking about this because we want you guys to get on there and vote for the super fun, awesome, happy time pedal show uh, tonal recall video. No, definitely go vote for your favorite video. But make sure that is the video that I made because I just want to stroke my ego. Uh, honestly, I've been thinking for a while that it'd be super fun to have an awards ceremony or an award for like demo videos in the guitar world. But then I couldn't think of a way for us to host it and also win it. <laughs> so <laughs> M- mo- it, it's actually or fun. be eligible to to be part of the contest. I know that we probably wouldn't win. An actual contest. So so it's funny because like each one has a pretty like kind of a description, like maybe one or two sentences, like at least a, a, a few lines. Um, the fuzz demo just says, because 15 fuzz pedals in a single demo can't be a bad thing. People who watch that demo love it. It doesn't yeah. get a ton of views, but people are like, wow, thank you for doing this because they can actually hear fuzz versus fuzz, you know? Yeah, you can check that out on GearTube.net, or I think it's also available on the GearTube app. Uh, if you yeah. haven't checked that out before, the GearTube app is a great way to discover uh, new content uh, yeah. in the gear world. It's, it's really th- cool. It, think it's, about it like like a modern replacement of the guitar magazine. Like all the content you ever, could ever want is just sitting there. And it's all condensed. You don't have to surf yeah. around YouTube. It's what, just what there. GearTube's really done, and I mean, I guess you could do it on your own, but why not let an app do it for you? Is it's gone through and found what uh, what they feel like are, I guess, the best of the best, or maybe at least people who are open to working with them. They do on. highlight uh, the good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of really great videos, and and so they take everything off of YouTube and they just consolidate it into like their own playlist. Yeah, and there's an app that you can check out, and it's got. Obviously, the GearTube playlist. It's got uh, their blog and, and a bunch of other stuff. So definitely check that out. Um, we've been talking about a lot of stuff here tonight. It's been kind um, of a crazy episode. Yeah. Uh, so to wrap this up, uh, shout out to Grant Andrews, uh, who has a band called The Red Factor. Um, he sent us uh, a song off of The Red Factor's album, Style and Soul. Style and Soul? Style and Soul. He says it's definitely the most sonically adventurous of the bunch. Kind of sounds like the Beastie Boys with rabies. The last guitar solo is mine. 37 internet dollars Canadian to the first person who can guess what's going on. This song is called <laughs> Scatter Soul. Um, and again, it's by the band The Red Factor. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Later, guys. Sooner every day Don't you think it's getting harder to find
the fear That your past is getting harder to replace Well, I think you know it's difficult to live without you My gentle little ball and chain Nobody else has ever found